Welcome to the Sabatu Mansare journey. I'm your host, Sabatu Mansare, a Muslima, a woman's empowerment devotee, a physician assistant, and a woman who will never say I can't, but rather a woman that would say, let me show you. Join me as I dive deep into faith, empowerment, unity, global health, our beloved mother Africa, and yes, chic, modest, Muslima fashion topics delivered to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes every Tuesday. Welcome to the Saibatsu Mansare journey. Today, we're speaking with the Sierra Leonean woman who has inwardly and outwardly embraced her faith. She's married to a very impressive sheikh and a mom raising pious children. Alhamdulillah for that. Allah placed the Jalla family in my life through my dearest childhood friend, and I am extremely grateful for our relationship and love for one another for the sake of Allah. Now, this episode is going to touch on being a chic but modest Muslima, and our guest has mastered this, and she's an African at that. Sister Khadija Jalla was born and raised in Sierra Leone and immigrated to the United States 17 years ago. She is a Muslima, she's a mother of four, and a registered nurse for the last 14 years. She enjoys caring for others and has worked in medical surgical units to home health, palliative, and hospice care. She's currently an adjunct faculty at a college of nursing. Her new passion in healthcare is understanding hypertension management in Sierra Leone. When she's not working or fulfilling family obligations, she is busy planning and sharing her next outfit. She loves photos and fashion and spends her leisure time exploring all things fashion in the modest fashion industry and creating content to share for fun. She shares modest fashion styles on Instagram and Facebook as a way to connect with other hijabis in the diaspora and back home in Sierra Leone. Khadija is very unique in the sense that she's not afraid to try non-conventional styles. She has always had a love for fashion, so it was only natural when she transitioned to being a hijabi that her fashion sense did not change. Only her way of expressing it did. Sister Khadija, many thanks for being here with me today to discuss the life of a Muslima and spread some knowledge. Welcome to the journey. Thank you, Sister Sabatou, for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you about this journey. Great. I also, I cannot start the conversation without thanking you for supporting all of my efforts and always leading the way on that. I can't thank the Jalo family enough and may Allah reward you all. Amin. I mean, we're honored. Thank you. So Sister Khadija, your journey to wearing the hijab is is somewhat similar to mine in the sense that when we were faced with adversity, we cling to the rope of Allah and Alhamdulillah, he saw us through. And we in turn embraced our faith, remained patient upon the obedience of Allah. And today we continue to strive in his path. This adversity, brothers and sisters, is a loss of our fathers. Sister Khadija lost her father in 2008, and I lost mine last year. Mala placed them in the highest station in Jannah. Amin. Um. Sister Khadija, you grew up in a strict Muslim home, and your father had the utmost respect for your husband when he was just a teenager. But talk to us about being the wife of a sheikh a very busy one at that, and a student of knowledge. Well, it's interesting you mentioned my upbringing because, alhamdulillah, I think um, that has a lot to do with, you know, what I'm dealing with now. 
Um, I believe growing up in Imam Kabo's home, because that's how he was known, um, <laughs> as her daughter, <laughs> has prepared me for my role today as a wife of a sheikh yes. and a mother for amazing kids. Yeah. Um, it, it does take a lot to be married to somebody that is very passionate about the religion and dawah, like spreading yeah. the word of um, um, Islam. Yeah. So um, he's busy with lectures, he's busy with teaching, he's busy with commitment. Yeah. And for me, it is just, it almost came natural to just be supportive. Yes. Like anything that has to do with the religion, like I don't even question it. Yeah. I just like, okay, what do you want me to do or how can I support you? Yeah. Um, so we didn't have to go through the phase where you're trying to understand, well, you know, why this person has to do this. It's like I'm just relieving part of my childhood because yeah. we we already know you wake up in the morning, you know what your dad's routine is, yeah. and come Juma, you know what he has to do. So basically, we kind of memorizes um, his steps for the day, yeah. Yeah. and there's also a responsibility that comes with it, and and you're under uh, extra put me yes. in the community. Definitely. We grew up with that. Like <laughs> we wouldn't go anywhere. Anywhere we go, oh, now Imam Kabo is Pekin. Uh, like yeah. you will go out and if you're somewhere you're not supposed to be, yeah. the word will be home before yeah. you even get home. Definitely. That's how my father was because he was a national chief imam. So yeah. I think that prepared me to kind of yeah. be the supportive wife that I am today. Yeah, Alhamdulillah for that. And, you know, we... I don't, it sounds weird when people say this, but I kind of understand it when they say you want to marry, like, like I want my son to marry a woman like his mother, which is me. Right. I want him to marry. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I want my daughter to marry a husband. I mean, yeah, marry a husband like my husband, right. A father. So that, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I get that you truly married, you know, this doesn't sound weird, but you married your father. You married someone like your father, not married. You married someone like your father <laughs> and you, you're right. It's prepared you for this moment. And, and God works in, in just, it just, it's just, it's amazing to me. That's amazing. He's, he's, yes. Uh, all wise. Right. And he prepared your life. Mm-hmm. And so it comes so easy to you. Kudos to you for the support that you give him every single day as he's educating the world on Islam and the Quran, uh, allowing and encouraging him to do what God has put him on this earth to do because I tell you he is truly gifted and may Allah continue to expand his knowledge Amin. Amin Alhamdulillah for that I, I, I listened to his uh, lectures and, and I said, this, I mean, this is what he is supposed to be doing on earth. This is his job. <laughs> this is it. Everything else, right? You know, outside of being a, a, a husband and a father, this is actually his job. This is what he has been destined to do. And he embraces it wholeheartedly. And uh, it's just, it's just an absolute blessing. Now, now we've talked about you know, it's not just about being a Muslim wife, right? You're also managing your children. You're raising your children. You're also working, right? Uh, the business of this dunya is very real. So talk to us about how you prioritize your faith to include your five daily prayers, your wifely and motherly responsibilities or duties among just, you know, just existing. You also have, you know, you need maybe five minutes to yourself, right? How do you prioritize your faith amongst amidst all of this business in the world, the things that you have to do? Well, my life is busy, all right? <laughs> but, but alhamdulillah, 
my five daily prayers are a part of me now and of who I am. Mm-hmm. My heart remains restless until I have made my salah. Yeah. When I work outside the home, I carry my mat. I yeah. pray in break rooms, in yeah. conference rooms. I pray in parks, alleys, airports. Yeah. I make the intention and I do it. Yeah. Now, I do understand the struggle of many Muslims to yeah. make their salah. Yeah. But Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me to remain steadfast yeah. in my prayers. Yeah. So Alhamdulillah for that. I, I, um, I mean, it's not always perfect, you know, growing up as a teenager. Yeah. But for the last 15 years, Alhamdulillah. Yes. I, and uh, you, you make a very good point. It, it is, you know, for some people, it's there's a reason why they can't. And, and we can find a reason for everything. And uh, it's very good to hear you say, I, I carried my mat. That's that's me, right? We leave the house, and I know that oh, it's it's asr prayers coming up. I I and I don't know where we're gonna be, but I'm going to have my mat with me. I don't know long how I'll be gone for, but I'm going to have. I'm going to be prepared for that moment. And and when I worked, it was the same way. It didn't, it didn't change for me. Now, granted, I'm a year into this journey, even though I was born and raised as a Muslim as well. But I became part of the business of this world and and didn't prioritize my faith as as I should have. And and then I was trialed, and and here we are. Are. But but even though I was at the White House, it was the same thing. And everybody just kind of understood, well, she doesn't do meetings between certain times because she's offering her prayers. And I had my mat with me. It was just, it, it becomes, it become, it's become me, like not doing it. As you said, that's a perfect word that you are restless mm-hmm. until you're able to do your prayers. I am, I am, yes, I'm restless as the time is drawing near and I'm like preoccupied with something and I'm thinking, oh no, 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 I have to hurry up and wrap this up. I have, I have to move on to do, you know, because <laughs> my prayers are coming up. So, Uh, And I I also think, I also believe in being a role model to my kids because modeling the behavior I want them to have. For example, we have a 13, 10 and an 8 year old and believe it, they pray five times a day every day. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, like every day we have to go through the motion. We come here, it's a lot of time, they do and pray, they do and pray, they do and pray. And, you know, I also dress them modestly, you know. And my girls won't go out. It's weird now because they won't even go out if I give them just a dress without leggings. They'll be like, Mommy, I'm naked. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I don't have leggings. So, you know, that's all part of modeling the behavior that you want them to have. That is absolutely very, very true. I I remember when, when I started this a year ago. And my, my children, it was, it was difficult in the beginning, right? Because they just hadn't been doing it. We would go to Juma prayers, but you know, that, that was about mm-hmm. it. And, and now like they know, it's like, mom, we haven't, we haven't prayed yet. Like what, like they, they don't necessarily know what time, but they know it feels like we haven't prayed in the last two or three hours. It's something is that right. Did you forget? Yeah. So same yeah. thing. I, I agree. Modeling that behavior, demonstrating it. And, and when we're going to talk about the hijab here in a minute, which is going to be a very interesting conversation. As we, as we talk about our daughters as well. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so Sister Khadija, we're going to talk about the job for a very long minute here. Um, <laughs> uh, as I briefly mentioned earlier, I started wearing the hijab after my father's passing, even though I grew up in a Muslim household as well. And every day um, I, I wonder or I ask myself why I hadn't worn it all this time. 
But Allah destines our lives and our paths all differently, and our journeys are not the same, right? And 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 Alhamdulillah that this is where I am today because I could have still been in the same path I was a year, two years ago, right? So I'm Alhamdulillah for where I am today. Uh, but and and now the hijab for me is it's it's now me. It it truly completes me. There are a lot of young Muslim women out there that struggle with the decision to wear the hijab in their day to day life, and and I want us both to serve in this conversation as an inspiration inspiration and motivation that you can do it and not skip a beat at work or school or in sports or board meetings or even work at the White House, right? I did that, right? It's it's important that people understand the hijab is just it's not just a scarf, right? And there 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 are non-Muslims, uh, inshallah, listening to to this episode um, that that is not just a scarf, right? The Arabic word hijab translates to cover, and we look at it as a covering of our privacy our modesty and our morality. It's just unfortunate that sometimes it is seen in a negative light and and some women have been discriminated against because of it. Uh, But yet, you know, here we are, most of us living in in the United States, a country where part of the First Amendment states that, you know, that you cannot have a law that prohibits uh, the free exercise of religion. And, And some of us hail from countries that prohibits this free exercise of religion. Um, and, and so it's just unfortunately that, that some, some countries frown upon young girls and women that, that wear the hijab and they too are discriminated against, even though they're in countries that are predominantly Muslim uh, countries. Uh, and, and this is in our own home countries, as I was saying, where, where Islam is dominant. And today around the world, we've created an environment where some women are just hesitant to wear it. Uh, there is a, there's a hadith uh, narrated by uh, Artemidi that tells us that the state that the prophet had said, there will come a time when holding on to your religion will be like holding on to hot coals. And as we navigate the world today, we see the difficulty that people are facing just to follow the Quran, follow the Sunnah, follow what has been legislated for us. People are having difficulty looking like a Muslim and doing good is becoming just very, very limited. So as we kind of start this hijab conversation, I want to hear from you, what does it mean to you to be a hijabi? Well, first of all, I want to say, you know, congratulations on your journey. And I understand that it's not an easy decision for a lot of people. And um, I just appreciate how you, you know, embodied that, you know, the discipline and, and not only that, you know, propagating that message every opportunity that you get, that you can wear your hijab and still be who you are. So, um, for me, being a hijabi means I am a committed Muslim. It is my identity. I always say, it's almost like I carry the religion on my head. Um, See me and hear what I represent. That's the hijab to me. Yeah. I, I, I like that because it actually, I agree with the identity. It is, it, it, it's my identity now. It's, it's, I own it 100%. And, and it mm-hmm. represents different things to people. And, and one should not assume that because someone's wearing a hijab, they automatically think or behave a certain way, you know, and, right. and, I, and I mean this like in the extremist way of things where people think about that. For me, mm-hmm. um, it demonstrates to myself my daily striving in the path of Allah. Now you've been on this journey for years. For me, it's been a year. Mm-hmm. And I, and every day, I am so grateful that I'm not even 
second guessing, right? Because you would think like after a year, okay, then you start to, okay, I'll wear it every other day. You know, you start to, to cut corn because it's just life, right? And I'm grateful mm-hmm. that every day God strengthens my mind and, and I'm not like, I'm not thinking, no, 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 I don't want to do it today. And it for so for me, it's, it's a constant reminder that I'm striving in the path of Allah. It completes me, it protects me, it strengthens me, and it empowers me to inspire others, right? And, and we all are in this different, you know, category of, of spotlight is not the word, but people look at you differently uh, based on what you're doing in society. And for me to be able to have worn a hijab at the White House every single day and sat in meetings with, with high level government officials and not skip a beat and not, and, and remember, I went just one day before that, I wasn't even wearing a hijab. I wasn't dressing modestly, right? I wore business dress to work, but it wasn't necessarily a long sleeve or long dress. So I went, it was drastic change. So I went from one day to being this, to mourning my father, taking time off from, you know, to do some mourning and then came back. I was still in the morning. I, you know, I'm going to talk about this later, but I mourned as though he was married to me. I did four months and 10 days, four months and 10 days with my mom. Like, it, oh, wow. yeah. So, so I come back to work and I am in this hijab and it's totally different from the girl from yesterday. My whole demeanor, yeah. my whole, everything would change, but, and, wow. and, and, I, and I'm getting ahead of the conversation, but it, it, that just, that's was, that was it. This is who I am. This is my identity. This is, this is, I have been tried and I, I am, I am, I'm returning to Allah in this process. And, and so here we are. So it regulates my thoughts and my intentions because everything I do or say should have Allah at the forefront. And not just to say that I'm a Muslim, right? I want to embrace right. it. Like you say, it is me carrying my faith. That's a very good line. I have to, I have to steal that line from you, but that I'm <laughs> carrying my faith on my head. And I, I really mm-hmm. like that because that's the way I look at it. Now we must clarify this because we, we this is not a, a conversation about the, 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 the women that aren't wearing it, that you're bad. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. you know, for our listeners, we're by no means implying that by not wearing the hijab, you're not a good Muslima, because as Muslims, we should not, cannot, will not, and I'm speaking for Sister Khadija and I, will not judge mm-hmm. our brother and our sister, but we can encourage each other upon the teachings of the Quran and the Sunnah. And Absolutely. I, in, in so many of my other episodes, I talk about, and in, it seems like every opportunity again, I talk about the jihad al-nafs. Mm-hmm. The jihad al-nafs is real, right? The struggle against oneself. And and specifically, I think the first two episodes when I had, when I spoke with your husband and when I did my solo episode, I talked about this, but the struggle is different for everyone. Some people, it's the Fajr prayer. Getting up in the morning is a very, very, you know, it's not that you dislike it. It's just, or you are against the Abada, but you just, you're tired, right? It's early in the morning. Your soul itself just wants to sleep, but that's a struggle for some people. And for some women, it is actually wearing the hijab. And and I encourage us all to not follow our desires because they will take you away from the path of Allah. We all have our struggles and I pray that Allah makes it easy, easy for us. Um, um, thank you. I mean, uh, Sister Khadija, what advice would you give a young woman who's torn on wearing the hijab because they want to fit in with society and not draw attention. You know, kind of like I said, my my description, like I went from zero to 100. I was not wearing a hijab. And then the next day I show up with the hijab. Or they're just scared because they don't want to be labeled as, you know, oppressed or suppressed or they don't want to be judged. What advice can you, because you've been on this journey far longer than I've been. What advice would you give a young woman 
who's right now listening to this episode and torn on which way they want to go with it. They're good Muslims. They pray. They do everything. They just are hesitant on the hijab piece. What do you What do you say to them? So let me say this. Um, I've gotten many, many, many messages over the years uh, with women hoping to don the hijab and concerns about wearing it. And I've always said this, and I'll say this to anyone struggling to make that decision. Make the intention. That is the first step. Yes. The fact that you're asking me, you're thinking about it. I always tell them that in itself yes. is a blessing in it. Yes. And I said, then do it. Please do not wear the hijab because you're being forced to wear it by anyone. Yes. Because you know what's going to happen? Yeah. That person is going to upset you one day and you may very well remove it and burn it or something because... Yeah. You wore it and now you're going to do something to spite that person. You didn't do it because it's willed by Allah. You didn't do it because you want to do it for yourself to strengthen yourself or striving um, in the past. Um, This will only happen if you, if you, if you didn't do it for the sake of Allah. And so the new trend lately that I see like with influencer is that, you know, and we all struggle and, and, with this is an ongoing thing. I always say wearing the hijab doesn't make me perfect. It doesn't mean I am a perfect Muslim. Yeah. Like you said, it just shows that I am trying. Yeah. I am striving. Yeah. So people are struggling and we see it happening right in, our, in front of our eyes today. Yeah. With influencers, they start with the hijab. They're doing very well. And then yeah. one day they wake up, they decided it's too much for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, no judgments here. Like yeah. I said, we all struggle. And then they take it off. I don't know. Maybe sometimes there's influence. Maybe somebody made you do it. Whatever the reason is. But the point is, do it for the sake of Allah and do it for yourself. And you will not have to worry about taking it off because you never really felt connected to it. Um, So, you know, be prepared and make duha. You know, as far as being labeled an extremist, people are going to say what they want to say. Why don't you do what you want to do? Yeah. I mean, they're still going to be there talking. Yeah. You know, this is the will of Allah. So do what, you know, yeah. what you need to do. Yeah, I I, I definitely, um, I agree. You, wearing it because you want to wear it. I, 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 I have two sisters, obviously, and, and, and they don't, they, they do not wear the job of cousins of you know, family. You know, a lot of people are, and, and I, I never, um, impose, right? And, 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 and I want the same respect as well. Don't, don't bring your, you know, whatever on me. Don't try to convince me of something. And I'm not trying to convince you of something. I'm modeling what I want to model, you know, for, for my daughter and you model yours. And, and if, if, if somehow through my behavior, um, I am able to influence and inspire you, then alhamdulillah for that, you know, but, but, you know, I try to definitely not push that because again, you're doing it for the wrong reasons at that time. And, and, and I'm one that wore the hijab truly because I, my, my father passed away. I was in such a low place. I started reading the Quran and, and learned that there's so many things that I wasn't doing that I was, that I knew, right. I grew up knowing this. This is not like it's new to me, but somehow, you know, I, I hadn't prioritized it. And no one said you should wear the hijab. No one said, I just started doing it. And, and, you know, my sisters, my mom were all con- 
confused, concerned, like what's going on, <laughs> but here we are. So we're in the job is more of a mental thing than a physical thing. I think in, in, when people are struggling with it, it's, it's the mental aspect of it. It's us getting over what others will think or how will I be seen or received when they see me for the first time with it. Right. And I get that, you know, so like I keep saying, my father passed away last April and for the four months and 10 days morning uh, with my mom, I wrapped my head. I didn't immediately, it wasn't, you can call it a job, but my head, my, I had my head wrapped the the entire time. I didn't wear makeup or earrings. I was just in a very, very uh, sad place. Um, And literally I dedicated my days to Allah in the Quran. When, when, when I tell you, I didn't watch TV four months and 10 days. I didn't participate in anything. It was, I was so, so sad and so depressed. And today is no different from last year in my heart and in my mind. Right. But I was so dedicated. I'd read the Quran and I listened to kutbas and, and, and I started to make a change that day. I I got the call 3 a.m. on Sunday um, that my father had passed away. And by the time I got up that morning now to move around, I had already wrapped my head and my entire day had already started to change because I, I immediately turned to the Quran because there was nothing else that would have made sense. There's nothing someone could have said to me to make me to make me feel better. And and I was in a a bad place and turning to Allah saved me. I remember the agony and pain I felt from that trial and begging God to make it easy for me and searching for him to come to my aid as quickly as possible. I, there's, there's, there's two um, verses uh, or ayats in, in Surah Al-Baqarah and we'll, we'll talk about, I think one of them here in, in, in a little bit, but I recited those over and over and over, the, the, you know, the patience and perseverance and glad tidings to those who are patient. And from Allah, we came into him, we shall return. I recited that my daughter at the time was six. She actually, beca- she knew it because it was all day. Every, I just kept doing it and doing it. I was in, I mean, it, it just, it brings tears to my eyes. I've never felt pain and depression like I did during that time. Um, I'm still oh, very sad. And it, that, thank you. And, and it's just, I, working for the vice president when my father passed away. And I remember my first day back in the office and I had a headscarf on and my attire changed dramatically. I was modest and blocked out my time to pray. And my mother was very nervous and, and, and she was worried that I would be treated differently or, you know, mm-hmm. extreme. She says, well, what if they tell you, you can't do that here. And they let you go. They fire you. And I distinctly remember telling my mom and I was almost upset that she was even concerned. I mean, she was concerned for me as a, as a, as her, as her child. Right. But I kept Mm -hmm. thinking, no, 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 you need to remember this is, this is faith. This is important. This is far more important than anything than a job. Right. And I said, mom, this is, this is who I am now. And anyone that has a problem with it and they want to fire me and, and, or whatever they want to do, that's fine. But I will wear the job. I'm going to prioritize my faith. But the funny part is no one ever asked me or treated me differently. I mean, granted, I was, I was nervous the first day I walked into the White House. I thought, oh, someone's going to, but to this day, not one person has said, why are you, what happened? What, what's nobody, going on? What's going on? <laughs> no, because they always knew I was a Muslim. Everybody knew, especially Ramadan time, I was fasting. They, they knew, they knew I was a Muslim. I, you know, I don't eat pork. So the, the other things they knew, but I'd never worn a hijab and I'd never dressed modestly. So to them, it was just like, oh, okay. She's, she's just 
You know, she's now really embracing her faith. And that was it. Nobody Mm -hmm. asked me. So I say that story because I want people to know it's in your head. You think someone, you think someone cares and and maybe they do, you know, there's going to be some random person that may say, so what's going on? Why are you wearing the job? Somebody may ask you that, but if you're doing it for the sake of Allah, you're not even going to be offended. You're not bothered. You are able to embrace and embody it. Right. And they will probably not even ask you because they will see that you look the part, you feel the part, yeah. your, your demeanor mm-hmm. has changed. And so uh, anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to beat that, beat that dead horse, but I, I, I just think it's so important that people truly, yes, people need to hear that, that at the level that I worked at, nobody cared. And I, and I said, nobody, I don't want to mean nobody cared about me, but nobody right. placed any emphasis on that. And when, when I say I briefed high level officials, if I name some of the people that I sat in a room with, with that hijab on, nobody ever blinked twice, never asked, never said anything. They were just, okay, you know, this is, this is I actually got compliments. People say, you make, right. you make that look good. And I'm thinking, what is, what is that? What is that? What does that mean? I don't know. But anyway, right, right. Right, right. Um, so, uh, Khadija, talk to us about your hijab style guide. Talk to us about that. Well, you know, um, may Allah forgive your father and grant him Jannah. Um, I mean, adversities, we all going to face them. And, you know, I can relate to that. But as, yes. as far as the hijab style guide go, I mean, let me just say this as a disclaimer. I mean, usually people have when you say hijab and then you say fashion, they're like, well, how does the two fit together? Yeah. But I would say, well, fashion is just your style, your clothing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It could be anything. But hijab is not just about looking cute, okay? Yes. So let me just put that out there. Definitely. However, yeah. However, not all of us want to wear black abayas every day. No disrespect. It's a beautiful, modest garment. And, you know, yeah. I, I, and I love to wear it on certain occasions, but that's not something that everyone wants to wear every single day. Yeah. So, Hijab Style Guide was born out of, I want to say, underrepresentation of beautiful, chic West African Muslimas. You know, mm-hmm. as the, the, the hijab fashion erupted, we saw from all over the world, you know, beautiful women, you know, dressing modestly, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, careers and doing, you know, things. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was beautiful to see. It was inspiring. It was yeah. motivating to us that we're already wearing the hijab. Like, oh, yes, you know, yeah. somebody's noticing, you know, and people were getting inspired and motivated, you know. But however... You know, you go online, you see every other nationality except like a Sierra Leonean or West African. Yeah. You know, most times when they feature an African is maybe like an East or North African, they're beautiful. Yeah. You know, but it, I know for sure that I, part of the reason why the hijab become something that I was looking forward to was because I saw somebody that looked like me. Yeah. I saw somebody that is related to me, worried, and I'm like, yeah. Wow. You know, this modesty thing, she's modest and she's yeah. beautiful. She's professional. Yeah. So it, it inspired me. So I felt like our sisters, our West African sisters, our Syrian and sister need to see that as well to yeah. to motivate them, to inspire them. Yeah. So that's how, you know, that hijab style guide came about. And, and I tell you, I, I, um, I'm, I'm very new to social media since we started this platform. Um, it's my mm-hmm. first time actually on social media. And I, I do see 
how much you, um, one, when we're going to talk about your fashion sense there, but <laughs> also your support to women that uh, are hijabis or, you know, the businesses that, and, and, and shout mm-hmm. out to, and I may be saying this wrong, Anique Modesty in Sierra Leone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to her because I, I, I look and I can't wait to go to her store when I when I get to Sierra Leone. Um, I, I, yes, I was saying I'm saying I'm going to stop buying. I don't need to buy anything. I'm going to go to Sierra Leone and I'm going to go to because I like her stuff. I'm going to go there and support her. But but I support her uh, because I say I see your support for her because I don't I didn't I don't know her yet. I, I, inshallah, we'll meet soon. Um, but I do see the support that you showed the community of hijabis and and modest uh and modest fashion and how you promote that as well um and and now we're diving into the fashion piece to this which to muslimas it looks you know to some people it looks like it's very hard to do to to be Mm -hmm. a muslima with the hijab and how are you able to be fashionable uh at the same time and 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 again you you made it sound you, you said it well that it's not about being cute, right? But it's also about being comfortable in what I am wearing and and mm-hmm. so that I can truly embody it and, and inspire someone else and feel comfortable within myself as I'm wearing it, right? So so whatever mm-hmm. we and, and we've we've played around with so many things. I mean, I know when I started, it's just like, oh, how do I still fit in? Fit in is in look, you know, like you said, I don't want to look, I don't want to wear a black abaya every single day. Um, but how do I also fit in with everybody else around me, but still I'm modest in that sense, right? And 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 mm-hmm. keep the inspiration going. So I want you to give us, because I I I see you on Instagram. I I tell you, I don't I don't I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about, about social media, but I see you on Instagram. And I want you to give us your five go-to, your top five go-to shopping sites or stores to meet your chic but modest outfits. Now I get the Africana, right? That's that's easy. Mm-hmm. But for 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 we all know it in America, yeah, Usai you the shop that we can go and we can do that because you make it look so easy. So go. Oh, okay, let me say this. I don't have. Oh, <laughs> so, no. This is going to sound weird because, and, and I've gotten message again over the years. And one thing women will ask me, where do I shop so that I can look like you and all of that? And I don't want people to put uh, a burden on themselves saying, I have to shop a specific place, a modest shopping center before I can look modest, before I can look chic. You can start with what you have and try to, I call it hijabify it. Get your long sleeve tops and, you know, extend your skirts and stuff like that. But but let me, I do have a couple of places that I'm going to mention, but I just wanted to say that. So don't feel that you have to shop a specific place because it's expensive sometimes. And some of these women, especially in Sierra Leone, cannot afford that. And they will tell me that is a barrier for them to dress modest. So you can take what you have. You can go to the stores. You can go to the junks and pick out things. It's about your style. All you got to do is own it and make it modest. Now. The Taylor and Amazon are my go-to place, like you mentioned. No, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of mine. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so the Taylor, for one, for many reasons, um, one for the Taylor, my particular style, my taste, and my height. I'm I'm very tall. Yeah. So sometimes I'll see something online 
it's long, but it's not quite long. I, I always joke it's going to be like Michael Jackson on me. Yeah. So it's not so. You can so send them my way. That, it's okay. You buy them. Right? I'm five, two and a half. I'll take them. <laughs> see, so that's a big gap. So, so I would see something and I'm like, okay, I'll rather recreate this. So I'll see it. And it's not quite modest for my comfort. So then I want to modify that. So it's not just Africana. It's also different fabrics. I play with, yeah. um, but that's one. And then I'll go to Amazon. So I have maybe a piece of clothing that I want to wear, but I, I need a different kind of help. And yeah. Amazon is my go-to place yeah, now. I, I would just look it up yeah. and it'll come in two or three days, yeah. you know, so, and I can put specific things that I'm looking for. It makes the search easier. Yeah. Blaming on, on the online shopping boom, <laughs> but that's it. No, but I, another thing is, uh-huh. I, I mean, I don't mean to question, but another thing is I do have one specific um, uh, store that I do buy my hijab from, yeah. and that's hot hijab. I was going to say them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, it. Yes. Yes. And the reason why I love her hijab, they are big, they're comfortable, it's yes, good quality, it and I've had her hijab for years, the same yeah. one. And they still hold their quality. So that's one place I recommend. And another place I recommend, especially if you're in Sierra Leone, if you haven't been there, you should go is Anik Modesty, just Anik. like you said. Yes. And and the owner, Aisha, is one of my very close person. Okay. And me and her actually manage hijab style guides. Oh. We talk back and forth. Most of the action that goes on there, yeah. it's me and Aisha brainstorming. So oh. it's both of us. We had that conversation yeah. and we are managing that page. Okay. But if, you, if you're if you in Sierra Leone, that's one place that you need to go and yeah, get. Because she has the same quality of hijab for an even uh, uh, reasonable price than what we get it for here. So yeah. that's my take on the places you can shop. <laughs> I like it. And and you've, you've taken two of them. And I, I want to be, I want to get in on your hijab discussions, conversations, blogs, um, modeling, whatever it is you do. I, I won't do it as good as you will. But with you and Anique Modesty, I think it will be a good conversation someday to 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 do some sort of Facebook Live or something along those lines where we 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 talk to you know with our Leonian people. So I think that would I be, think it would be amazing. I agree. I, I, I'm gonna take you up on that. Great. All right. right. Inshallah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Uh, um, so mine, uh, she's already. I won't say stolen. That just goes that. that actually, I feel pretty good. That means that I have good taste a little bit here right. compared to you. That's really good at this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one that I you know. Modernisa is one that I go to. Uh, Modernisa is, uh, I think it's a Turkish brand, actually, um, mm-hmm. but also very reasonable. Zara mm-hmm. and H&M, believe it or not, these are normal stores, but you can still yes. find long yes. tunic tops. I buy a lot of stuff from them as well, whether it's for work, right? because you can get the mm-hmm. pants and you just get your long tunic shirts uh, from them. Mm-hmm. So Zara and H&M, if you're in the United States, Zara and H&M, which actually mm-hmm. I think those two stores are not necessarily worldwide, but they're in a lot of countries, at least that I've, that I've actually been to. Obviously not, and, in, not in Sierra Leone, of course, but, but 
but you can get it online. online you, you can. can. Yes. And, and like you, I shop there too. I mean, I'm a recovering shopaholic now, so I don't do a lot of that. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and Target, believe it or not, you're in the United States, Target. Oh, Target. I, I'm glad you mentioned Target. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because you have long skirts, you have long dresses, and, and it's, it's very reasonable, right? And so, again, as we are trying to go through this, you, it's not, you, you don't need to do an overhaul. Like, oh my God, I need to clean out everything in my closet and go get new things, right? It's all dependent on what mm-hmm. you're looking for, but it, it, it doesn't have to be expensive to be chic and modest, right? It doesn't have to be that. You don't have to throw out all of your old clothes. I still have a lot of my old stuff. It's just, you know, maybe yes. my, maybe my, my t-shirts were not as long as they should have been. Not that they were belly shirts to begin with, let me clear that. But, but you know, I. but even with that, one of my favorite things to be able to dress up what I originally had to make it modest are kimonos. The kimonos are great because it's like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a long whatever that would be. Uh, it's not a dress. It's a long gown slash cape-ish kind of thing. And you put it on top of your jeans and your t-shirt and now you are covered. It's long sleeve and some of them are long sleeve or you put a long sleeve shirt underneath it. So um, you don't have to get rid of all of your stuff just to be um, a chic Muslima. All right. So we have given Absolutely. you some fantastic places to go that are reasonable. Um, and, yes. and Anique Modesty, I am coming, definitely coming to visit visit her. Um, and then we're going to figure out how we get this Facebook Live discussion going on because I think it'll be Absolutely. interesting. Absolutely. Yes. You do such a fantastic job showcasing that being a Muslima and hijabi is your choice and most importantly is one that you absolutely enjoy so thank you for doing that i am constantly checking out your photos i feel like a stalker ish because i'm constantly and then i text you and i said oh i really want that dress <laughs> i don't i don't have my glasses on i don't have my glasses on i don't know what color it is but i really like that dress <laughs> so, um, so what does being a modest muslima mean to you um Again, like I said, uh, to me, it represents, it's, it's a part of my identity now. Um, it's me showing that I am committed to the dean. Um, and, you know, I'm following the command and I'm facing daily challenges. It, it also keeps me accountable for my actions because believe it or not, yeah. certain things that I may um, you know, unconsciously do yeah. when I wasn't wearing the hijab. Yeah. If I am to do the same thing, I will think twice yes. doing it. Yes. For example, I am one that likes to shake a little bit every so often. <laughs> as, as part of my routine is like I do Zumba. So, oh, okay. so you know, I have to, because modesty is not only the way you dress, yeah. it's also the way you speak to people yes. is how you carry yourself, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, how you mingle with other people, yeah. that's all encompasses the hijab to me. So, so like I said, it also keeps me accountable of yes. certain actions, like, okay, I better not do this because I also feel a certain kind of responsibility. And yes. now it's even inflated because of social media because I get so many messages of women telling me you're my role model not that I always want to be you inspired me because I do understand as much as I appreciate that I do understand the burden that comes with it I don't want to be somebody that 
you know, you say you look up to and maybe uh, consciously or unconsciously I misguide you because I myself, I'm a human being and I'm striving. And as long as I have life in me, I am bound to make mistakes. So I always pray that may Allah make you see only the good things in me and follow those. And may he put a hijab between me and you if I'm doing anything that will misguide you. So because of that, I have to watch what I say. So I'll give you an example. For example, they have the the nail polish. They said it's breathable. I I don't believe in that, in putting it, not because I don't look into the science as much, but I don't want somebody to see me putting it on a young girl thinking, oh, she has nail polish and I can do that. No. You know, or be at prayer and I'm thinking, okay, I have a breathable nail polish and somebody's looking at me like, so I, 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 the message that I put out there, even when I post on things, I'll put a disclaimer. I remember one time I decided for many, many years, I'm going to try nails, but I wasn't praying, but I have to say it because, hey, these are the praise. So don't think you can put this and go to pray. So all of this um, encompasses being a modest Muslim, uh, my dress, my manners, my dealings, my interactions. And what I represent. Yeah, it regulates. And I said it earlier, it regulates for me, my my thoughts, my intentions, my actions. It makes me think twice. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't, you know, know, in, in, in corporate world, you know, most times when someone is leaving, you know, they do farewell get togethers and they're always, for some reason, when you work at the White House or when you work in the DC area, it always is at some bar of sorts, right? Every single time it's like, oh, so-and-so is leaving. We're going to do a farewell party for him. And now it's, for me, it's like, no, I can't, I can't go there. I'm not saying don't have your party. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm just saying that I will not be there, but you and I can get coffee or tea or whatever tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and, you know, because again, I, I have a responsibility, like me walking mm-hmm. into a bar, even though I will not drink alcohol or whatever, that's not the point. It's the point that I'm wearing a hijab, hanging out in a bar where people are actually drinking alcohol. And so I, 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 it does serve as a reminder to me of things right. that originally was okay for me to do. And now it's like, oh, you're not, you're not really supposed to do that. And again, I'm not saying I would not attend someone's gathering, but a gathering specifically at a bar is probably not mm-hmm. a place that someone wears, wears a hijab. You know, what's interesting. I, I bring mm-hmm. the word, I say, uh, what, what, what does being a modest Muslim mean to you? Originally, the show, the name was going to be Modest Muslima. I still have it in certain places. <laughs> it started off, yeah, it started off as that. And then it turned into the Saibatsu Mansory journey uh, for, for, for various reasons. Um, one, because it wasn't just going to be about um, faith. Um, and and the, the, the platform is, is, is really about our African challenges, but faith is a, is a priority on the list of things that I want to talk about as often as I can. Uh, then there's the empowerment stuff and the, the global health stuff and all the, the youth issues, women's issues, all of that. Um, and so it became the journey, but mostly because my life and everyone in and out of it and all of the occurrences, mm-hmm. the blessings, the trials, the knowledge I gain and spread is a continuous journey for me. And and every day is a journey for me. And I thought, no, 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 let's call it, you know, let's call it the journey. It's, it's my journey just because I'm the one hosting it. But it's not just right. my journey. It's the journey, your journey. You have just shared your journey with the listeners. And, and we hope that we have inspired other people. So Modest Muslima is still like near and dear to my heart. I'm like, how can I still use that? And, and I'm sure right now I've spread it. So someone else is going to take it. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but it was, it was well, at least our Facebook live conversation will be called Modest Muslima. We'll use it one time and then, then we'll, we'll do it. Well, at least. <laughs> at least. Yes. Uh, so what first sparked your interest in Muslima fashion and what, what do you love about it? Right. We, I go through your bio and I talk about your love of fashion. So this is just naturally you. You remind me, my, my daughter, seven, she is, um, she's probably the most fashionable. I don't remember being like her when I was seven years old. Uh, that girl, I, I, when we get off this call, I'm going to send you pictures of her. She is, I, I never have to tell her what to wear. You know, I just have to tell her where we're going. And she would then, but even at that, it may be, no, no, no. We're just going to, you know, name a random place, Walmart. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, no, today I want to look fancy. And she would put on this <laughs> over the top, like dress that is not oh Walmart. It's not Walmart at all. Right. But, and, and I'm like, you're going to wear that. And she's like, yeah. Are you sure? She says, yeah, I, that's what I want to wear. And I think, well, good for you. Right. So, so there's some people that truly fashion is like, it's, it, it's, it's in grain it's in every fiber of their being and and you are one of those people I showed her a picture of you and the first thing I said I have to do this call with sister Khadija and she says you have a picture and I said look she says oh she's pretty mama (laughs) well because she likes you know she's a fashionista she sees one that's that's what it is so so tell us what what sparked your interest in 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 muslima fashion and what do you love about it in muslima fashion and modest fashion that specifically has to do with my aunt my Mm -hmm. aunt lived in um Egypt for over 30 years. She was mm-hmm. studying there and then she came back home. Um, I guess maybe I was like 13, 14 and I didn't even know much about her. That was like my first encounter with her. Mm-hmm. And so I just started watching how she was dressing. She would wear her skirt and she would wear her button up shirt and she would put her hijab on. Yeah. And I'll be like, wow. You know you can yeah. you can dress modest and look this way. Yeah, because I'm used to seeing our parents, you know, oh, yeah. older people yeah. with their wrappers and their you know Africana inside their head. Yeah. So that's what I imagine modesty to be, yeah. and and there's nothing wrong with it. That's our yeah. culture and tradition. But then it almost gives you the idea that okay, well, I'll do that when I get older and get married and start having kids. Yeah. That's how I will look like. Not that I was excited about that phase in life, but that's how I imagined. And to see my aunt, and I was like, whoa, this is beautiful. Like, you can actually, and I said, started telling myself, I want to do this. And I became very close to my aunt. We will visit her friends from Egypt and from Sierra Leone. And so, and I just watched, you know, how they do stuff, how they dress up. And I actually started imitating it. Oh, she she will wear what's called um, um, uh, the jalabia, but uh-huh. you know Egyptian call it jalabia. So okay. we'll start, start, oh, God. So I started putting those on. I'll find and I'll wrap uh-huh. my head and put a pin like she does. Oh wow! So and I'll look at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. So Gosh, yeah. that was that was when I I knew this is what I want to look like yeah. as I get older. Now, before that, our mom loved clothes. Like, she would buy clothes, and she had suitcases of clothes. And my mom didn't go anywhere. She was home 24-7. I mean, they were house, you know, they were housewives. So they didn't, 
you know, they won't even go to the masjid. They pray because we are like, the masjid is here. You can hear everything that's happening in the masjid. Like, okay. it's just yeah. like we're neighbors. Yeah. So, but every Eid, everyone comes to my mom, the whole house. And it was a big extended family. Yeah. And she would like give clothes out to everyone to wear for Eid. And then we'll bring it back and put everything back in the suitcases. Yeah. So we've always had that fashion sense around yeah. us. And, you know, but when my aunt came, that was that's, that's what did it for me for the for the modest fashion. That's that's good, and and that's what you're doing today for somebody else, and we're and inshallah we we all are doing for someone else. I have had so mm-hmm. many cousins and 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 uh, family friends that that are inspired. They see me with it, and, they, and they're considering it. Like I want to do that. I like that. Right. And, and, you know, and mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it, it's so. You know, here's your aunt who's just going about her day to day. Right. She's embraced it. She's going right. day to day, not even mm-hmm. knowing that she's she's influencing a young Khadija. Right. And here you mm-hmm. are today, um, but you are very well aware of it that you are actually influencing a young somebody. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's very important that we keep that. Um, we keep that in mind as we, as we go about. So n- now we know your love for it started very early. You're very into it. We see, I, again, I, I'm stalking you on Instagram. So I see your photos. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going with it? What do you want to do in this modest Muslima fashion world? Well, for one thing is to have that conversation, which I've been blessed I mean, I, over the years, I've had a few women and I've always said, if I can inspire just one person to put on the hijab, then I, my goal would have been met. But it's been amazing how many women have come to me and said, you know what? You inspired me to put on the hijab because I saw the way you wore your hijab because I saw how you interact made me decide to put it now. I don't want to be the reason only. I know that there's other reasons for you to, to even think about it. You must have thought about it. You must have had yeah. the intention. Yeah. And I always encourage people too. Um, and, and I want to do this. This is beyond fashion for me. Yeah. I want, especially young Muslim women in Sierra Leone, to have that self-esteem yes. and, and get uh, programs or means to give them protection from discrimination. Yeah. You kind of touched on that briefly. It's, it's, it's disheartening to see what's happening in Sierra Leone. Again, I've had women that reached out to me. I really want to wear the hijab, but I work in a bank and mm-hmm. I can't wear the hijab. Mm-hmm. I'm in nursing. I can't wear the That just breaks my heart. The first time I hear, I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is Sierra Leone? Yes. And they said, yes. So, I imagine myself, I go to work every day. I will go for an interview in full hijab. I don't even think about it. Like, oh, they might not hire me for this job because I don't think about it. I just show up and do what I need to do. And and most of the time, it it is what makes you even stand out. And, you know, I don't think it has anything to do with my cover, but what I'm bringing to you, I am given the opportunities to walk into the spaces. So I, I envision the same opportunities for our Sierra Leonean sisters in Sierra Leone, yeah. you know, that are struggling right now. It, you know, they, they can't work certain places. They can't do certain professions because they've decided that they want to wear the hijab or they're hesitating to do it because they're afraid that they are going to, to be, be yeah. discriminated against. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, it's, it's, it's a good conversation because someone had kind of said to me, 
you know, you, 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 you have to be mindful when you get to Sierra Leone with, with your hijab, you have to be mindful. And I thought, what do you mean I have to be mindful? Mindful that what? <laughs> mindful that I, that someone's going to tell me that I cannot wear it. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, God knows best. And I, I, I definitely right. have no intentions of not wearing it. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. I did see um, a lot of little children, little young, young girls wearing it, but I think they're associated with Muslim schools. And so I did mm-hmm. see that. And it was so, it was so good to see because when I was growing up in Sierra Leone back then, it was Amadia was the school, right? It was the, was the Muslim mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was it. Everybody else was more in, you know, we all were in these, um, so-called, you know, call them Christian schools, but, you know, Christian kind mm-hmm, of schools. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a common thing to see a, a girl in uniform with a hijab because I lived in the Western side of town and Amadia is the Eastern side. So I didn't really get to see that. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. But when I went, the, the couple of times I visited now, um, I, I see people, I see a lot of people wearing it. I don't necessarily know if they're in the tradition, in the business world, right. Or, or the, um, corporate world, call it that, or, or, you know, working at government level. I don't know that, but I've seen people roaming the streets wearing it. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty good to see that because it wasn't like that when I was growing up, because we had just the normal, we tie, we you know, you mama tie, you know, aunts and aunts, head to head wraps, but not necessarily wearing a hijab. But I tell you, I got a lot of questions when I was there. Friends, you know, were saying people, people assumed that because I was wearing the hijab that I, was preparing for Mecca, right? Because number one, I'm young. So, so it's not that I've been to Mecca in their minds, right? I haven't uh, yet, uh, mm-hmm. inshallah, I will. But they they mm-hmm. thought I was preparing for Mecca. And he says, they're asking me, you know, I was visiting my friends at work and he says, oh yeah, they're asking me, if, if you party the Gari Fukango Mecca, and I thought, no, <laughs> no, that why is that the correlation that you make because yeah. someone, a young person wears a hijab? So um, I want you to name three and you may not have any because you are a Muslima icon in your own right. But I want you no, to name. I like you, I I want you to name three chic Muslimas that you follow and are inspirational to you. Absolutely, hot hijab again. Yeah, yeah. Um, n- not only um, the quality of her product, the. Uh, commitment to her community yeah. and the different program and the inclusion uh, with people of color. So that's very important to me. So I definitely one person that I look up to. Yeah. Um, um, another, um, and, and since we're promoting Sierra Leoneans and, and West Africans in general, yes, I do follow, um, her name is Maimu Choko. She's in Sierra Leone. She was one of the first like hijabis to do like a, a runway show um, oh. where, you know, she, she modeled for one of these um, um, African designers. Okay. And so she's doing a lot of great things. She's also coming out with her clothing line and all of that. Oh, um, so that's another person to that I follow. Obviously, I need commodity yes. and, you know, our relationship has extended from just, you know, following each other on social media and just, you know, her commitment to modesty as well and everything yeah. she's doing, you know, in, in Sierra Leone. Yeah. So those are like my three, but there are other couple, a lot of uh, girls doing a lot of things in the modest fashion in Sierra Leone. You know, people like Jennifer Campbell, um, there's Umu Kulsum, very beautiful. She's also into modeling right now. So okay. there's quite a few of them. 
You gotta, you have to get me connected to these people when I get there, so we can have our small crew of like protect, right. protection. Oh, right? um, oh yes. yeah, I definitely, and, and I agree with Hot Job. It's a, it, I, it's a, it's a place I shop. I, I, um, I, and I, we, we should keep talking about them because maybe they would uh, end up being, um, or should end up being on the on the show at some point. But I definitely, <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, I definitely do, and and just her. I mean, she's so. Um, that platform, it, it's not just about selling things as well, right? Not just, right, you know, right. they, just the, the issues that she also, uh, talks about or, or they, I can say she, that they talk about, uh, mm-hmm, whether it's, mm-hmm. it's voting rights, whether, you know, they're so right. in tune with what's mm-hmm. going on in the world and in society today and speaking out mm-hmm. on it. And so I do give a shout out to them. I, I have a few of their tote bags. I have a few, I gift some of their mm-hmm. stuff. And so, and nothing like the, the, you know, the pins in hijabs when, when, for, for the women that are not, that, uh, that are not hijabis yet, the, the pins, some hijabs get messed up. <laughs> and I love that they have come up with ways for that to not happen to our hijabs where we don't destroy hijabs because of the pins that we're putting in them right. to have it in place. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, kudos, mm-hmm. kudos to them. So now we're going to pivot to faith. You know, the thing that connected us in the first place, alhamdulillah, for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have heard the inspiring story of your husband's journey to faith. And oh, by the way, um, I must say this. He is the most downloaded episode to date, right? So My God. I know, I know. I, I, I've been holding out to say this. I wanted to say it to you on the podcast, mashallah. He is the most downloaded. Uh, he was the first uh, episode. You know, the first episode was me by myself, just kind of setting the scene. But he was my first real uh, guest episode. And uh, to this day, he is actually, um, he's the most downloaded episodes. Um, so there's something that says something, you know, that, that it's something that people were yearning for. They needed, uh, mm-hmm, to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think they got to see a different side here, hear his right. actual story right. that nobody actually mm-hmm. had known. Um, no. and so yes, yes. It's interesting. I'm going di- to, di- you know, I always have to digress for a second. I had a, a, mm-hmm. a friend request or some sort of connection on, on LinkedIn, a guy, uh, mm-hmm. whose, whose first name, I won't say his last name, his first name was Mushtaba. And immediately when I saw that, cause I, I'd never heard of that that name in my life other than from Sheikh Mufti. And as soon as I saw it, I said, I don't even know what who this guy is, what he has going on. <laughs> but I'm gonna click, I'm gonna accept you, you're gonna be my friend because one of my dearest now family friends has the utmost respect for Sheikh Mushtaba. And you are your name is Mushtaba, you're a friend of mine. And, and there's no correlation. I am very certain there's no correlation. They're not related at all. But just his story, yeah. I so and then so now every time I see or hear the name Mushtaba, believe you me, I'm going to go befriend that person because they that you know Sheikh Mushtaba did so. I mean, a fantastic job in, uh, yeah. in in your husband's development in 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 his Absolutely. role today. So uh, definitely. So now let's talk about your. When did your journey? To faith begin. We were born in it, right? So technically, we could say we it started the day we were born. But when did you start to truly connect, embrace, and understand what it means, and and strive and, and dedicate your life to striving the path of Allah? When to talk to us about that? Leading my family, <laughs> oh. but but like you said, I was born into the religion, but things um, started making sense when I immigrated to the U.S. And five years in, I dedicated to learning and 
unlearning what I thought I knew. Yeah. Um, so to go into details with that, like it's almost like second nature with the my upbringing. You know, we we were always around. We were around the masjid, um, our school, the school, the masjid, the house. Like we were just in that circle. It's like a circle for us. Yeah. We hear all the adans every day. Yes. Um, people pray in our home. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the home where my dad, I was a baby when my dad moved to that house and being the imam of the mosque. Yeah. So that's all I knew. Like, um, everything about my life surrounded that. Yeah. Um, and as much as our dad was respected and revered, he was also a, a role model, mm-hmm. um, to us. And, and, you know, me and him have a particular connection with his sensing that, okay, um, he always said he has a brain to learn and whatever. So he's always been supportive in that regard. But our circle just revolved a- around religion. Yeah. So when I stepped back and I, I immigrated, you know, it's it's such a shock, a culture shock to be in the U.S. I've never left my family. Yeah. Like we were so guarded that I, a lot of places in Freetown, I didn't know. Yeah. I attended the annual memorial school. I oh. didn't know where the school was until my first day oh, of wow. school. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wow. like, we don't, we didn't go anywhere. You know, we're just around that area. So that was my first time, like, leaving the family. Yeah. So a lot of things, you know, didn't make sense for me. So I struggled in the beginning years of that. But the only thing that kept me connected with my family yeah. was the religion, yeah. um, the rituals. Yeah. Um, when it's time for Salah, when it's Eid, when it's Ramadan. I mean, sometimes in the beginning of Ramadan, those first years were very difficult because yeah. it was nothing like I was used to yeah. because Ramadan was a celebration in itself. Yeah. The routines, the rituals of waking up as a family yeah. and yeah. praying and yeah. eating. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. So yeah. I had to find a bridge to kind of, you know, connect. So that kept me, but it was all like five years within. That's when I started not missing a prayer and oh. held on oh. to my faith. Oh. And, and another thing that I did for myself was, you know, I started learning because we recited the Quran and, you know, you just go, 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 go. But, you know, I started learning the alphabet and what's called Tajweed so I can better enunciate the words the right way they're meant to uh, be done. And that's one way that connected me as well to the religion and to the Quran. Mm -hmm. And obviously when I met my husband, that just, it. When you re met your husband, that's correct. <laughs> exactly. You had already met him. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, our relationship then was different. Yeah. So when I thought, when I told him about my intention, even of the hijab, of course he was like, you know, he was all for it. Yeah. You know, he was supportive from the get go. And he, his Mushtaba was a very close friend of my dad as well. Okay. Yeah. So that relationship was there. Yeah. But anyway, so. So it was that connection, like I said, my upbringing, trying to connect to that. That's when I focused more on, on the religion. And alhamdulillah, I I don't know where my life would be today if that didn't happen for me. Yeah. I have said so many times, a lot of the amazing things that have happened in my life, um, they, they only happened because of my faith 
and the blessings of Allah. If, mm. if I didn't, the peace of mind that I have, it's only because every so often I find a way to strengthen and connect with my deen and, and my rug. That's mm. what has made my life a lot easier. Do I face trials and challenges like everyone else? Absolutely. But what gets me through from that is my connection with the dean. Yeah. Our story, you know, your connection to it um, is a loss, right? It's because you, you missed your, your family and that's mm-hmm. how you got into it. And then mine was losing my father and that's how I got into it, right? And and a part of me, jealous isn't the word. I, I, I wish that I had a different reason um to, to have been connected to, to a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to my, to, to, you know, to the Dean. I, 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 you know, I just, I, we I all can, do, we, but you that's, know, that's the path. That's exactly. the blessing in it. Yes. That's the, yeah. that's what God, you know, Allah did for us to, yeah. to turn us back. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about, and I, and I, and I feel like I talk about my father's thing. I, I, I do it because it, it has to serve as a reminder as, as the mm-hmm. hijab does. And as my five daily prayers does talking about him reminds me that I cannot go back to what I was before. I wasn't a bad person. I'm not saying that, but I don't right. want to lose sight of how his death truly impacted my life and has connected me, you know, it's, it's brought me back to the path of Allah, Allah returned to me because I didn't bring, you know, Allah returned me back because of that, that, that adversity mm-hmm. that I faced. And, and, and I've, I've learned a lot from it. Number one, that tomorrow is not promised. And, and, and if you have a plan or a dream, you, you get up and you go do it because death is closer to us than we actually think. And I, and, and, and it breaks my heart or I cry actually just thinking about how many of us live this life, wandering this earth, chasing all the wrong things with little or, or no awareness um, of death. And that which will come afterwards. And there's a there's a hadith also, you know, that um, I think it's Anas ibn Malik that says that the prophet said that if we could see what he sees, we would then laugh less and we would weep more. And then when they mm-hmm. asked him, so what is it that you see? And he says, I he sees paradise and he sees hellfire. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that, you know, we would never be able as, as mankind be able to appreciate Janna and Janna, right? You just can't, you can't appreciate it. You can't appreciate the hellfire. You can read about it, read about it, but you probably can't truly appreciate how hot, how difficult it is in, in hellfire and how, how, you know, paradise actually the Akira is, right? You just can't, you can't imagine it. And, and, Whenever I read that hadith, I always think, yeah, if if we could see what he sees, right, we would probably prioritize our lives differently. And I know a lot of my journey to faith is so death focused and and not that I I fear death. It's not that it is that I am keenly aware that. Mm-hmm. Malik Al-Maut is there, right? And he's, mm-hmm. he, he roams the earth every day, roaming past me every day to pick people, right? That it's, that has been destined. And one day mm-hmm. he will stop at me. And am I prepared? You know, some of us will wake up in the morning and we are the best Muslim we can be, but by nighttime we have fallen off the path, right? And some of us will go to sleep the best Muslim we can be. And we wake up the next morning and we have fallen off the path. And I mm. keep that as a, as a priority in my mind, if Malik al-Maut came right this second, 
Have I done all the things that I'm supposed to do today? Did I do my prayers? Did I did my wudu? Did I get, you know, did, all of the things. I wear my job. I raised my children properly. All of that. And 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 I want so much to to be, if I could go around, you know, I, I never understood the Jehovah Witness thing, you know, when people, when, when they we would knock on your door and because mm-hmm. at that point, yeah, I wasn't really, you know, they knock on your door and it's always like a burden to you. You're like, oh, here we go again, mm-hmm. right? I feel like the Jehovah Witness people. Like, I feel like <laughs> I know something and I want you mm-hmm. to know it. And I want no, you to too. not, yes, I want you to not let one second go by without Mm -hmm. doing your prayer, without you doing the things that have been prescribed to you because Mm -hmm. Allah's promise is true. It is true. What let's not let this worldly life deceive us. Don't let shaitan deceive you because Mm -hmm. this is, this is true. Right. And so uh, Mm -hmm. I pray that Allah safeguards us from the fitna uh, of this dunya, but Oh, man. I mean, I mean, um, I get, you know, here's my, that, that was my one moment to, to go knock right. on someone's door and say, come on, come on, get up, get up. <laughs> I need you to get up and pray. I need you to do this. I promise you yeah. it's going to be worth it. You have to do it. You have to live in this life. It's almost as though you're a prisoner, right? You're limited to the things you can do, mm-hmm. can, right? But do it today. Strive in the dunya today for the Akira. That's, that's the goal. So mm-hmm. we talk about, um, we won't get into the trial and, and test, right? Because we've kind of hit on that a little bit. And I, and I, and I said that I was going to tell you the, um, the, uh, um, the ayats that I used to read, uh, Surah Al-Baqarah. Mm-hmm. It's the second surah yeah. for those who don't know. And verse 153, yeah. where Allah says that, Oh, you believe, seek help with patient perseverance and prayer. For lies with those who patiently persevere. And it's, you know, I don't have the voice of your husband. I, I, every time I listen to him on Saturdays, I always say, we all have our talents, but oh my God, I wish I had that talent. <laughs> but, but it's, you know, really. It gets better with practice. Oh, I said, I need his voice. I know, I know, I know God, and you gave me what you've given me and I need to be appreciative of it. But can I have Sheikh Mufti's voice to just recite? I love it. I love it. Uh, but so it makes oh, it like, it's like, I only want to recite when I'm praying. I try not to recite outside of that because it's like, I don't have, the, it's, it's one thing with the, the, the pronunciation is one part, right? Enunciation is one mm-hmm. part, but it's also mm-hmm. like the voice that comes with it. The yes. touching feeling when I and hear. And the control. Yes, yes. And he is the master at that. And so I will not, even though I attempted to recite it, I'm not going to recite it because he's going to listen to this episode and he's going to say, oh, why did she say it like that? <laughs> so, but you should keep crying. The, the oh, more yeah. the struggle, the more the reward. I know, I know. I do it, I do it in my bedroom. That's what I do it at. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but that line, since you've motivated me, that line, uh, that ayat is... Uh, Ya ayu alladina amanustainu bi sabiri wasala inna lahama sabirin I read that I Sister Khadija uh, I don't know how many times a day when my father passed away over and over and over just to remind myself, be patient, be patient upon this. This calamity will pass. Be patient because Allah is with those who patiently persevere. Yes, yes. Um, So we are going to, we've we've talked a lot about um, the hijab and, and there's a, there's a ritual to this, to this show. And that is every guest has to leave us with some advice. 
So with that, if you could speak to world leaders, right? We've spoken to the, the young women that may be struggling. If you could speak to world leaders, what would your recommendation be to them to support and encourage religious freedom as it relates to a Muslim woman who wants to wear the hijab? She wants to wear it to work. She wants to wear it to play sports. She wants to wear it to school. She wants to wear it to board meetings. What recommendation will you give them so that they can support us in this uh, endeavor? Well, um, I say this. I know many of you probably heard this already. Um, and it says, we cover our, our head, um, our, our hair, not our brain. So I say, give us a fair chance um, and we will show you that we can do it too. Maybe even better. Now, I haven't experienced in your face discrimination at work because of my hijab. Yeah. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, many of my sisters, especially like in Sierra Leone, I mean, in the West in general, but I'm going to be specific to Sierra Leone. So I'm going to use this opportunity to address anyone that is in position of power listening to this. You know, Sierra Leonean leaders, please look into the complaints of discrimination against our sisters. They have brought many of them. You know, how can we like taught ourselves as being the most religious tolerant country, uh, tolerant country, you know, with a Muslim majority, but we cannot afford basic human dignity to our citizens. Discrimination against hijabis and niqabis must stop. And it needs to, you know, it needs to stop now. You know, they should have protection in place that, you know, our sisters can express themselves, can work in places, can enter space, you know, spaces, that they can do their job, whether they want to be a doctor, nurse, or lawyer, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'm appealing to them to look into this and, and work on stopping this discrimination. I agree with you. And um, I, I hope, you know, it's only a hope when you host these shows that right. important people, important people right, yeah. every now and then are listening. Uh, we are, uh, we're a few episodes in. So in case you don't know, the Sabatou Mansouray journey is on. <laughs> no, I will use this as a promotional thing, but I, I agree with you. I, I hope that, um, I hope that we uh, are able to, to respect the rights, the religious rights of, of people, especially if I'm not harming someone, I'm not doing anything illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't I wear my hijab and go take my exam? Why can't I wear mm-hmm. my hijab to go to work? Why can't I? Now, and we don't know the whole story, right? We know part of the story, mm-hmm. that we know the story. And as you mm-hmm. said, you and I have not been exposed to this, but we know the stories mm-hmm. of our sisters in Sierra Leone that say that they have been discriminated against. Uh, we do mm-hmm. not know the story of the, the, the people doing the discrimination or the government stance mm-hmm. on this. So it'd be very interesting mm-hmm. to hear that. Uh, and, and inshallah, they, they, you know, somebody's listening that will replay it, that, that, that would share it or something. Uh, <laughs> yes. and, and, and because everybody leaves some advice for African leaders on my show. Every, every, every <laughs> guest has to, leave a, has to leave an advice. So that's r- ritual one. Ritual two is that you get to, I've grilled you and we've asked you so many questions, right? Uh, you get to ask me. I, I spend an hour asking you questions and I give you 30 seconds only to ask me a question. So this is your opportunity. Ask me, ask away. What would you like to know? What would you like us to talk about? This is, this. I just also, because you've, you've kind of touched on many of the, the things already in terms of, you know, occupying spaces that probably no hijabi has been before yeah. or a Muslim have been before. You kind of touched on that. Yeah. But I want you, is there anything specific 
you can give as an advice or even what are some challenges? Because I know yours kind of, you, you know, the people around you are very supportive. What would be an inspirational message that you give to a sister that is listening to you right now or following in? It's like, wow, you know, Sister Sabah has done all these wonderful things. I wish I can do it. Or how can I get into this space? How can I build the confidence that she has to do the things that she has done or similar things that she has done? So what would be an inspirational message that you would give to them? And is this, so that I understand the question, is this about wearing the hijab in this this space? Yeah. So this is my advice and this is what, what I did. I think I never hid the fact, number one, I embrace who I am. First, I am uh, I am a Muslima, right? Uh, back then, I would say I'm a, I'm a Muslim, right? I'm a Muslim, uh, and I am from Sierra Leone. I never, ever minced that. I never, no one will ever ask me, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because I was actually born in the United States and moved to Sierra Leone when I was five years old, but no one has ever asked me where I'm from, where I have never said to them, um, I am from Sierra Leone. It's always, I am from Sierra Leone and I'm proud to say that I'm from Sierra Leone. And the, the follow-on question sometimes leads to, to faith. And I have never kind of pretended as though I'm not a Muslim. I am a Muslim. And there are times that I have to do, especially Ramadan. I, I was very strict on that. Um, and so I think it starts there. It starts there with embracing who you are, right? Never don't, and I say this in a lot of episodes, for some for some reason, the same line, fish, right? Let's not let our environment dictate who we are. We know who we are. Let's not forget where we came from. Because we're in America, because I work at the White House, it is not going to change that I am from Sierra Leone and that I am a Muslima. And as long as you carry that with you, when you make that decision, when you're ready to make that decision to wear your hijab, you wear your hijab proudly because you know why you're doing it. You're not doing it because you care what they're going to say. You're doing it because it is prescribed upon us to do it. And I'd rather, I'd rather go against a hundred people today about the hijab conversation than end up in the hellfire, right? That's something we will never be able to contend with. And I think as long as you get your priorities right, why am I wearing this hijab to begin with? Why am I brave and bold and outwardly saying I am a Muslim, but yet I don't want to look like a Muslim. I want to say it, but I don't want to look like it. Why is that? Why is the difficulties of the dunya preventing me from outwardly and inwardly embracing my faith? So that's a us thing. So my advice is that you have to be, you you own who you are. You walk in your truth. And if faith is so important to you, then you should not care what the next person has to say. And I can assure you this, no one has, I mean, I can't say no one, the level that I worked at, you would think that that would be a place that someone would say, hold on, what are we doing here? Why are you doing this? Not one person did. And could it be because I've always carried myself that this is who I am? This is my identity. I'm a Sierra Leonean. I'm an African and I'm a Muslim. That's my priority. And I'm a mother. That's my priority, right? I'm never going to compromise those things. Don't compromise yourself. Wear your hijab when you're ready to wear your hijab. Make the intention. Sister Khadija said this earlier. The intention is the first part. When do you when do you want to? It doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. Do you plan on wearing it? And make your intentions and, and, and start slow, right? Even if it's starting in your house, to wear it around your house to feel comfortable, right? And then you wear it to the store one day to see, uh, how did I, did I feel okay? Okay, good. Now I'm going to wear it all day and run errands on Saturday and see how that feels, right? It's a slow, it's baby steps, right? But I, I encourage, I encourage you all because it is a different feeling when you're wearing that hijab as a Muslima, 
than when you're not. In in your heart, in your intentions, in your actions, it controls, it regulates everything that you do. So I encourage you to do that. I answer this question in a long, drawn-out way, but I'm so passionate about this thing because I think people are just so worried about what someone else says. The mental part is in your head. Don't worry about their head. Worry about your head. As long as you can get over it in your head that you're ready to embrace it, embrace it and go out and you hold your head high because you're doing it for the sake of Allah, not for her, not for him, not for whomever. You're doing it for the sake of Allah. That's that's my long drawn out answer. Did I get that right? <laughs> Did I answer that correctly? <laughs> Yes, I got that. Oh, I got okay. that. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. So, so you answered that really well. And one of the reasons why I wanted you to, because I know a lot of uh, girls, they see you and they're always so inspired by your journey. So I needed them to hear that from you. And, and one short, quick question. Last one is, yeah. you're going to Sierra Leone. Yeah. How do you plan to connect with the hijabi community to continue to inspire them? Well, I have a dear sister whose name is Khadija Jalo, and she knows a lot of them. She's listed them all, and I wrote frantically their names down, but I'm still going to connect with you, and I'm looking to you. I'm asking you to please connect me with them. Um, let's start a WhatsApp group of sorts, right? Um, so okay. that we, yes, I think that that would, would at least because you have my number, I don't have theirs. So let's try that. Mm-hmm. Let's start a WhatsApp group, introduce us all, and I definitely want to be plugged into that and maybe we can do some 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 good work there uh with your support uh from from the united states so yes i want to continue this journey yes okay so that's the way we can do that through you (laughs) definitely (laughs) all right so my dear listeners i pray that sister khadija and i have encouraged and inspired our muslimas out there to embrace their faith inwardly and outwardly and take the first step to wearing a hijab by setting a reasonable time frame that you will embark upon that journey a journey that I will never look back on. And I'm extremely grateful for Allah's guidance and courage because it does take courage. But I can assure you that before you know it, it becomes you and you can't see yourself without it on. I hope that people in positions of power encourage and allow our Muslims to exercise their basic religious rights and freedom and that we all as human beings treat each other with respect despite our differences. Wearing a hijab or being a Muslim does not make me a terrorist or an extremist, or one that is oppressed. I am a believer. I am kind. I am educated. I am passionate about helping others. I am a mother, and I prioritize my faith over everything. That's who I am, and I'm not who or what you think I am. May Allah grant us all mercy for our shortcomings in this dunya, and may he make our hearts strong upon his religion. Amin. Now, for more on for more information on Khadija Jala and her work, you can find her at Haja Ibrahim or at Hijab Style Guide on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't worry, I will post the links in the show notes as well. Uh, most people that are listening to this already follow you. I'm certain of it because if they follow me, they see that I'm always following you. So <laughs> they will find you either way. Uh, Sister Khadija Jalo, thank you for sitting with me today to have a light but meaningful discussion for all of our Muslims out there. You, my dear, are always welcome back on this journey. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Great. And you know, there's a there's another this is the third ritual, right? We did two already. <laughs> there's always a ritual. <laughs> now, for all of my Muslims and Muslimas, they cannot leave the show without us reciting a surah because it is the most 
important part of the entire episode for me. Now, I know this episode is not about me. It's about people. But this is the only part that I I truly, truly listen to over and over and over again. Your husband's, I've listened to him. I don't even know how many times. And then I have other ones that I've listened to, just that part. I don't even listen to the whole episode. I just listen <laughs> to that part over and over. And so I want to ask you, before we officially sign off, can you and I recite Surah Al-Alaq? And for people listening, that's the 96th Surah in the Quran. And let's recite it as our outro. Can we do that? Well, I don't have a choice. Do I have an idea? <laughs> well, but <laughs> before we go, I just want to say, don't expect anything like my husband. <laughs> Bro. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I need, okay. I need someone that's just, you know, just a hair better than me. He was extremely better than me, but I want a hair better. So that's good. I'm probably on the same level as you. So here we go. All right. Great. All right. Go ahead and kick it off, sister. Okay. MashaAllah, beautiful recitation. And Jazakallah uh, Kairon, sister. You do have you do have a beautiful beautiful voice so it's a it's going to be a competition someday i'm going to be the referee <laughs> between you and chef mufti no, and, uh, and I, regardless I, you're going to win because i'm on your side it doesn't matter i'm the referee <laughs> it doesn't matter who did it best i get to pick who wins and that's all that matters <laughs> so, my, it's kind of sort of my teachers on days that i need some correction but when i'm not up for the mood for whole lot of corrections i'm like forget it i'll just go on youtube <laughs> and i'll do it myself may allah yeah. make us of those that are hasty in his obedience and will not deviate from islam and may he preserve Amen. the records of our fathers in Amen. 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 
Thank you so much, Sister Khadija, for joining me for that beautiful recitation, mashallah. Um, and for everyone else, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave me a rating and a review, and I look forward to hearing from you. Please be sure to hit subscribe so you do not miss out on any of my weekly shows. Thank you all, and have a blessed day. Thank you all for tuning in to the show. If you want to learn more about what we talked about today, you can visit our website, sabatomanseray.com. If you like the show, please make sure to like and subscribe so you can get new episodes directly onto your phone. But let's keep the conversation going between episodes on Facebook at the Sabatomanseray Journey and the same on Twitter and Instagram. You can always find us there talking faith, resilience, empowerment, and our beloved Mother Africa. Thank you again for your support. See you back here next week.